You are listening to The Pulse, Rod Murray's e-learning tech podcast. Number 203, Kyle Shea of All Campus. Hi, this is Rod Murray. Glad to be back. That was a clip from California Dreamin' by the Mamas and the Papas. So there's a bit of nostalgia, at least uh, for some of my more mature listeners out there. It was recorded live almost 45 years ago when they played at the Monterey International Pop Festival, which also helped to boost the careers of Jimi Hendrix, The Who, Janis Joplin, Ravi Shankar, The Birds, Jefferson Airplane, and The Grateful Dead. Turns out I've been doing a bit of California Dreaming lately um, since I've been planning our vacation there. I'll play the full song at the end of my podcast. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by D2L. You may know their main product, the Brightspace Learning Management System. I, of course, would only accept sponsorship from companies and products that I am very fond of. So please check out their website at d2l.com slash pulsepodcast to learn more. I also invite you to follow me on Twitter. My handle is RodsPods. As always, I post links to the things we talk about on my show notes website at www.rodspulsepodcast.com. My podcast this month is an interview with Kyle Shea, who's the Executive Vice President of Partnership Development at All Campus. Quote, All Campus is a leading online program management services provider that helps universities evolve their academic programs and exceed the ever-evolving expectations of students. End quote. We discuss Kyle's backgrounds, the history of All Campus, their different online program management options, the fact that they provide undergraduate and graduate, credit and non-credit, degrees and certificates, and more important, lately, micro-credentials. We talk about the impact of COVID-19, how some faculty are leaving teaching and using their programs to learn new skills. They work with corporate partners to learn about the skills that are in demand. And we talk about the trends of synchronous and asynchronous teaching for online. We discuss how they engage and prepare client faculty and, of course, how they support students and some of the unique services that All Campus offers. And so without further delay, here's my interview with Kyle. Hi, Kyle. So glad to uh, speak with you today. Thanks for joining my podcast. Hi, Rod. Really nice to meet you. Thanks for having me on today. Sure. No, my pleasure. I'm very anxious to, to hear more about All Campus. But uh, before we get into that, Why don't you tell my audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you got uh, to be connected with All Campus? Yeah, I would love to. Um, Well, Rod, I'm Kyle Shea. I'm with All Campus. I'm actually one of the founding executive members of All Campus. Um, When I look back at my career since the early 2000s, my career has been focused around technology-driven businesses and education and careers which I think is a really nice melting pot of what we've started All Campus as, as being one of the founders and what we've built it into today. So All Campus is an online program manager that works with online degree programs, as well as online micro-credentials since 2012. Um, Today in my role, um, I really oversee the strategy and the growth of All Campus in a number of different areas. So I oversee the teams for university partnerships, research and consulting with leading nonprofit universities across the US. In addition, I also oversee corporate partnerships 
um, and what we're doing to form in-depth relationships with corporations to help support their workforce education needs, either online micro-credentials or degree programs at an undergraduate or graduate level um, where they can retain their workforce and upskill them and skill them with these partnerships. Great. Yeah, I'm a little bit familiar with um, OPMs. Maybe my audience is not as familiar. I haven't usually covered OPMs, but uh, and I know you probably offer a suite of services. Uh, can you just uh, sort of break it down? What are the different options and different uh, you know uh, offerings that you have for for an institution? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a little more detail on that. So as an online program manager, what all campus does is we do have a flexible model. So in many relationships, what we do with universities is actually work on a tuition revenue share. So what we have an option where we can handle a full bundle of aspects, which would be program viability, um, instructional design, um, recommendations on enhancements of curriculum and integration of what they're going to be doing for the program. Uh, inside of the learning management system, the marketing, enrollment support, and then student support and retention. What we also do is actually have a robust corporate partnership network. We work with about 140 individual companies and organizations that actually gives um, our university partners access to about 20 million employees through the relationships that we have. Where we can customize that option is many universities might not need assistance on the instructional design or course development aspect. Although we can help consult on what we see as best practices from our experience, as well as the research and data we have, many of our partners have those capabilities in-house or inside of their college or department. We also do work um, with a number of universities on a fee-for-service structure where they're paying us on an annual basis over multiple years to be handling all those very similar services. So either the full bundle of services or the option where they're managing instructional design, but we're supporting on really all the marketing, enrollment, and student support services uh, in that partnership with them. How do you find uh, working with higher, edu uh, higher education institutions in terms of their faculty? Are, are they uh, accepting of this kind of a setup? Do they feel threatened at all? Uh, the fact that uh, you're bringing in perhaps uh, adjuncts that teach maybe topics that they have may have taught? Uh, how has that been in your experience? Yeah, Rod, that's a great question. Um, how is it to work with faculty when we're partnering with the university for their online programs? You know, I, I think it's been fantastic. Uh, I've been in this space for about 13 years now, um, working on online programs, 10 years as all campus being its own private company. And you know what we do is maybe a little bit different than what some other companies do. We don't necessarily ever bring in adjuncts. Um, the university is always in control of their curriculum and teaching of the program. Early on, it was a lot of education of the potential of online programs. And what all campus is focused on uh, really hyper-focused is really those top 100 leading universities. Although we do work with some regional um, public universities and some small private universities, the majority of our clients have been those leading universities. For example, we work with 18 of the top 50 universities uh, ranked by U.S. News and World Report. So for us early on, it was on educating them on the opportunity and the potential 
and the data around how should they structure their program to be successful. You know, we had some really large programs like an online MBA with USC Marshall um, that we worked with them closely to launch. And they really wanted to figure out how do they successfully structure the right online program to have it stand out in the market. So it was really educating them on an opportunity, the data, what we felt would make their program marketable, and then them, them going back and working with their faculty on the curriculum to build it. As things have shifted uh, in the pandemic or post-pandemic world that we're slowly coming out of, it's now how do we do online the right way? You know, many schools had to rush to do remote online learning and they realized it was not the best student experience. Um, or they might have bottlenecks with um, their instructional design staff and that's where all campus can come in and help on the instructional design. So it's a bit of a shift of educating to now saying, well, based off our 13 years in this space and the expert of team members that we have, here's how we would best create your program, or here's how we consult on you can revise your program or how we can help build your program the right way. So it's less of the education. It's now how are we going to do this the right way? Yeah, you certainly um, anticipated one of my questions, you know, for the past couple of years now, we've been fighting with the uh, COVID and teaching online or uh, emergency teaching with Zoom and so forth. Um, so did you see a big spike in, in new customers or was it a ramp up of uh, your existing co customers? I, I imagine it was both. That's a great question. So we, we definitely saw a lot uptick in, I'd say, student demand for online programs. Um, as many universities um, went completely remote, universities um, were you know, putting their on-campus programs uh, in kind of a Zoom format um, or Microsoft Teams format. What we saw is consumers were fairly savvy on investigating and understanding, well, is this program an on-campus program that's just remote or was this built for online? So we did see a big initial spike in interest um, for online master's programs. What was really interesting as well is we saw a big spike in our micro-credentials. Um, so consumers that were looking for these certificates or short course micro-credentials that were really opportunities to upskill, um, say in project management or Six Sigma, or reskill like what we do with Boston University in a paralegal certificate. Um, we actually found that a lot of teachers were actually looking to get out of teaching, um, which is unfortunate, but felt that a lot of their background and experience would apply into being a paralegal. Um, so we saw a good audience of consumers that were interested in a, a paralegal program. Just a couple of examples. When we talk about universities, um, we initially saw a number of universities having interests on, all right, how do we plan to the future? Uh, we, we rushed to do this. Many of them have had bottlenecks in the instructional design department. So we really spent about a year educating them on what we could do and how we could help consult. So current clients look to expand the overall portfolio with us. And we saw a number of um, new clients um, really looking at interest and saying, all right, we want to start this once the world gets, gets back to normal. And we saw a big uptick in the development of programs really last summer um, all the way through today. And the, another big growth area, as I mentioned earlier, in demand for micro-credentials is working with these business schools and engineering schools in their executive education to figure out how do we build really great micro-credentials that are focused on mid-level career professionals 
that they can learn the skills so that they either get promoted in their current role or they can move to a future role inside of that organization. Uh, interesting. Uh, you're the first person who I've talked to recently that's talked about teachers wanting to get out of teaching, which to be honest, I don't blame them. They, they've they been really under the gun these past couple of years, and it must be so stressful, uh, especially with, uh, you know, when their students are remote, maybe they're teaching from home and they've got kids running around, you know. Uh, one of the schools I talked to a while back uh, had a special program for their students to help the teachers that are teaching online to sort of babysit their children while they were teaching. I thought that was a, that was a great solution. Um, I was also wondering um, the difference between teaching online, asynchronous and synchronous. What are the trends you're seeing? What's the sort of breakdown in how most of your clients are, are teaching online? Yeah, Rob, that's a, it's a great question on the breakdown of how much is asynchronous for, for synchronous. Um, it's going to vary depending on, you know, every program that we have and every university client that we have. But what we've generally seen is there's a sweet spot. Um, you know, when we're talking about online master's programs, which is a lot of what all campus partners on um, with leading universities, many will have more synchronous components built into their program um, because these are leading faculty, same tenured full-time faculty that students would have access and sitting in a classroom on campus to. So the structure is a little bit different. So if you think about when they would go on campus, they might be going one day a week for um, you know, two and a half to three hours. What they're doing online is they're building it. So there's more work that they're either doing before class so they might watch a lecture beforehand. And then when they come to the class, say on that Wednesday, the class is gonna be about 90 minutes. And instead of um, having the, the uh, professor lecture, say for 60 minutes and then discuss it, the students already prepared and watched that lecture. So they're jumping right into a discussion. And there's a chance for them to go a little bit deeper because um, students had a chance to ask some initial questions, have discussions beforehand so that it's more of an enriched, in-depth experience. And from a, a faculty side of things, it's a little bit of a lighter load. Um, they still have to do the lecture at some point, but it's just not a three-hour session of them having to talk, um, which can get, we all know, can, can burn someone out, can be a lot. Also, if you look at attention spans, uh, especially online and sitting in a chair, sitting there for two and a half, three hours, especially when you've been sitting in your chair for a full workday, can get really burnt out. So I think universities are doing really great things on mixing in the synchronous components with asynchronous to make sure that the synchronous components are really engaging and it gives the students an opportunity and the professor time to interact back and forth. Interesting, yeah, that must be a challenge with some faculty who have never taught online before. Um, how do you prepare faculty that are going to do a sort of a hybrid, uh, you know, flip classroom approach uh, online? Uh, do you have courses? Do you have training for them? Do you have, you have canned things for them to, to watch? How do you how do you prepare faculty for that platform? Yeah. So, again, great question on how we prepare faculty for teaching online. So what we've done at all campus is we've created um a guidebook and we've created a guidebook for both degree programs on how to teach online and how to structure programs online 
as well as micro-credentials and certificates, right? There's going to be different um, kind of structures and different lengths of programs um, and, and different services that are, are going to be included. So it's a nice um, guide for both the instructional designers, the department chair, and the faculty members to be able to read and get educated on. And then we have a team of individuals that will work with each individual faculty member to prepare them. Here's the best practices. We'll actually go through and do role playing with them as well. Um, all of our programs that we're building out will have um, you know video lectures, introductions um, to the course, introductions to certain modules, prompt questions from that um, faculty member where we'll actually do the training. And we'll work with them, you know, even little things like making sure that you're using the microphone on your headset versus the microphone on your computer because it sounds echoey are all things to have better experiences when you're teaching online, either in a live synchronous um, environment or when we're actually recording that for the faculty member. Excellent. Yeah, I, I understand. Uh, um, how about a situation where an institution wants to have a whole program that's totally asynchronous. Uh, maybe there'll be some, you know, weekly, you know, um, office hours, but everything is pre-planned ahead of time. Uh, do you do that sort of uh, program uh, pro programming as well? We, we do. We do have um, a number of programs that are completely asynchronous at the master's level, as well as the micro-credential and certificate uh, level as well. You know, with those programs, um, every one of our universities still have um, access to the instructor. So it's instructor led um, or there's uh, teaching assistants as well that help facilitate and answer discussion boards. So it's just making sure that you are continuing to have weekly assignments and interactions so that students are feeling engaged. Many of those asynchronous type programs are great because you know if a student has um, a schedule that's um, you know irregular day to day, um, you know, or if they you know work long hours and they miss those synchronous components, they don't miss out on you know the core aspects of that program. So having things like discussion boards um, are fantastic. Um, having small little projects where students are able to meet with other um, students to discuss things. Uh, is a great kind of um, support opportunity. And then of course, you always have to have standing office hours. And with all of the clients we work with, you know, if faculty um, is only, uh, if a student isn't available during those faculty hours, I always know that faculty will look at other hours. They really wanna make sure that student's gonna be successful from the start of that course to the completion. And they wanna make sure that they can support them in any possible way. Excellent. Um... In terms of support, I know that's a big uh, issue with, you know, non-traditional students. Many of the students are non-traditional these days and they're coming back to work or they, you know, upgrade their skills and whatnot. And uh, especially if they've never, you know, uh, been taught online before. So uh, I know in our institution, we had a, a student success coaches that were always on tap uh, to help students sort of navigate you know, the system and, and help them out, uh, whether it's, you know, registering for the next course or picking, picking the next uh, sequence. Is that something you provide or is that the university that provides that? Yeah, Rod. So it is a service that all campus provides. 
And it's actually something that we do early on when we're talking with those prospective students about the program is understanding their comfort level of taking a fully online program. You know, at this point, I think majority of people that have actually done or worked online, but not everyone, you know, some people are in certain positions where, you know, they didn't get a chance to go to remote work. They actually physically had to go to a location. So seeing how that prospect feels comfortable with an online program, um, making sure it is the right fit for them. We don't want to have a student start a program that isn't really the right structure. We also want to understand what does their workload look like? What does their family life look like? Um, do they have a computer, right? That's going to have the right capabilities that they need to fully take an online program. So we really started early on in that conversation so that they feel comfortable that they can be successful in an online program. We'll always work um, with our students to give them time management skills. Um, we'll do short little pamphlets. And then what we do is once they've been enrolled in the program, and we can customize certain aspects um, with our university clients is we'll have a student support um, coach that is really there. They'll run a one-on-one -on -one orientation, make sure that they are able to log into the learning management system. They're comfortable with it. Lots of times, most programs will have um, something that you have to do a week before the class starts where you practice uploading, you go into a short discussion board, you know, you can raise your hand to ask a question. You learn how to, you know, email, just getting really familiar with the learning management system so that that first day of class, when you log in, you're not learning all this uh, right away. Um, you've already had a chance to get familiar with it and ask some questions. So what we've seen is that really helps support that student to feel comfortable throughout the program. We'll also follow up with those students on the first day of class uh, with a quick email and a quick call. And then we'll work with the university to monitor them to make sure they're progressing through each class and logging in and that they're set up for success. You know, when it gets into specific advising on certain courses or course maps, that's really the university's expertise and will help support the student and get them connected with the right advisor um, for anything that's related to the specific curriculum of the program. Are most of your courses uh, eight-week courses these days or tr more traditional, you know, 15-week courses? Yeah, so for the master's programs we represent, they're most traditional. Um, and I, I think that's not that um, ununique when you look at kind of the leading top 200 universities, or top 100 universities. They're still on a tr traditional calendar. Um, we have seen a number of universities um, are doing, you know, eight-week um, courses where they're just taking one course at a time. So they're able to take two courses over a, a semester. But most of our uh, courses today are on that traditional, um, you know, 15 week semester. Got it. Um, now, of course, I'm a techie by uh, training and vocation. Uh, a little bit more about the uh, technology behind uh, what you do. Do you uh, use a traditional LMS? Do you have a, a proprietary system? Do you, do you have your own uh, add-ons to uh, the LMS. Uh, tell us a little, little bit about that. Yeah, so here at All Campus, we can actually work with any learning management system um, that a university uses. You know, many of them use Canvas. If you look at overall market share that's out there, many are still using Blackboard, and there's a variety of other learning management systems. Um, so our full instructional design team will actually build courses inside of the university's learning management system. 
In some cases, we're seeing with the micro-credentials and certificates that we might partner with a business school's executive ed department, they would actually prefer to have it on our learning management system. So we're able to create a complete white-labeled solution um, that's tailored to all the brand guidelines of how the university structures their courses and their shells and their colors to create a university-branded micro-credential or certificate um, that's built for our client, but it's hosted on our instance of Canvas. But you really would have no idea that it's an all-campus version versus the university's version of Canvas. Right, got it. Uh, makes sense. Um, you touched a little bit on you know, micro-credentials. And um, I'm just curious, what, uh, have you seen a trend to um, demand for new different topics? I'm always, you know, interested in the latest technology. And I know there's so many, so many uh, disruptive technologies out there that are breaking through, you know, between AI and blockchain and so forth. Uh, Are you seeing a uh, increase in demand for those sorts of uh, credentials or, or courses? Yeah, so I'm really glad you brought up the rise of micro-credentials. Um, you know, we have seen that there's a strong demand and interest. So we're, we're a heavily research-focused, data-driven kind of approach organization. So, you know, we have identified um, dozens of micro-credentials and certificates um, that have seen growth in demand, as you talked about blockchain, uh, AI, um, business analytics, but we're still seeing traditional skills like a business, like software skills, like a business management still have strong interests or Six Sigma that's been around for a long time or project management still have a lot of interest. So we saw the big rise in consumers looking at this and saying, wow, I can take a four week course or I could take a four month course that's going to be much more in depth to learn these skills that I can do it um, all online. So what we do is we're able to look at um, a number of research research, um, sources, and there's great products out there like Burning Glass MZ that allow us to actually look at those specific job skills um, that someone's looking for. We also work with our corporation partners to have conversations with them saying, well, what are those skills gaps that you need? Um, As well as if we're building certain programs, we're having conversations with our clients about building XYZ program. Let's have some of those leaders of learning development give us feedback on that program. What are the skills that they would want to see that that mid-level professional really would need to advance inside of their organization? Interesting. That sounds like a really important uh, approach uh, moving forward and, and keeping relevant. That's great. I know we're coming near the end of our time and uh I know there are, there are other OPMs out there. I wonder if you could just uh, comment on on what makes your company unique. What, what's your value added proposition? Yeah, so that's that's a great question. What makes all campus uh, unique overall? Um, you know, I think I'm going to be biased uh, as being one of the, the founding executives of all campus. Um, you know, we've been in the industry for ten years as a private organization. Um, we've really tailored our services to really fit the needs of our university partners. So not every partnership, you know, every partnership we have is going to be unique. So really understanding what are their pain points and how can we exceed their expectations? You know, all campus was built on, um, 
coming out of being a digital marketing agency that worked in higher education. So we looked at this early on and said, how can we drive down the costs of education? And we can do that through more economical partnerships with our university partners. And we can do this in a number of different ways. We've always looked at using the research that we have on online programs to inform our clients to say, well, how can we make your program more competitive? Let's look at lowering the tuition. Let's look at lowering the fees that you charge students to pass that savings back on to um, the students. And in return, all campus can be successful at um, charging lower fees than a lot of the competition that we have out there. So really leveraging our expertise in digital marketing uh, and strength there to then tailor a service that fits the needs of our university partners. You know, one last thing that occurred to me is, um, you know, you have a lot of different clients, but many of them have the same course. Let's just say, for an example, an MBA program, online MBA program. It would seem to be very wasteful to keep having unique, you know, build custom programs for a half a dozen MBA programs. Uh, are there any sort of consortium arrangements or, or ways that would certainly reduce cost if, if you could share that content among multiple institutions? Is that, is that happening in any way? Yeah, so that's an interesting question. Um, I've seen it happen more on the state level. Um, I've also you know, recently heard of some smaller private schools that are creating consortiums <clears throat> so that they can share courses. They can actually share faculty because they realize they might not get the enrollment numbers they need in one specific course or one elective specialization. But if they partner with a number of other universities, they could get enough um, interest in that to then offer that unique kind of elective or specialization. You know, there also are other companies out there that are offering kind of the general education um, courses, which are pretty common. But most universities are still really tailoring their individual courses to what makes them unique, right? Their faculty members, um, the experience that they have in industry and the experience that they have to teach so that it is a really um, unique kind of offering for every course that they're teaching uh, and every style of how they actually teach that online course. Okay, great. Understood. Well, listen, this has been great. I really learned a lot about uh, your company and uh, what, what it's like being an online program manager, a management company these days. And I uh, certainly um, wish you the best and uh, continued growth. Rod, I really enjoyed the conversation today. And thanks so much for having me on. Thank you so much. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed the program. Please stay tuned for California Dreamin' by the Mamas and the Papas. Until next time, have a great week.
that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to give Rod feedback. You can leave comments on his blog or send email to rod at rodspulsepodcast.com. The preceding audio commentary is the product of the author, Dr. Rodney Murray, and does not represent the official viewpoint of any other institution or company.